much for the first time for the Elvis Festival 25th anniversary. It's going to be awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of 2017, the Ultimate Elvis Tribute Artist Contest in Parks, is Brendan Chase. Yeah! The Ultimate Elvis Tribute Artist Contest winner announced at the Parks Elvis Festival earlier this year. He's going to be heading over to Memphis, Tennessee. But the Elvis Festival in Parks, it's a festival that's been run here since 1993. Kathy Treasure, Parks Elvis Festival Director, and I've lived in Parks since June last year, so relatively a newcomer. Look, it used to be out of the ordinary, but we've been running now for 25 years, so it's become part of the community and something that's well-known and well-loved. It means so much for the town, and uh, from the moment I moved here, everyone's talking about the Elvis Festival. When I first got a cab from the airport, and they didn't even know what job I was doing, uh, you know, the taxi driver's talking about the festival. It's something that brings everyone together, uh, brings so much uh, expenditure to the town, uh, really well-needed dollars in the low tourist season and it's just a lot of fun. When I visited, the festival had rolled out of town, jumpsuits were packed away and the most noticeable evidence I could see of the devotion to Elvis in parks was a three metre tall steel sculpture of him as you drive out to the west. My name's Chris Martin and uh, we're at the Court Street Motel, uh, which myself and my wife uh, are uh, the owner-operators for the last couple of years, yeah, two years. Mm. It's a great sporting town. Um, it's obviously made famous by the, uh, by the uh, CSIRO uh, um, dish, the dish that was made famous in the movie, and it was obviously there and played an integral role in the, uh, in the lunar landing in 1969, so there's still uh, still very much spin-off on the back of that, and it's a, it's a, a great thing, obviously, uh, um, the festival's in town. Not content with one gathering of musical nostalgia, Parks in central New South Wales seems to have settled on three. That's now followed up by the uh, the Tullamore Irish Festival and the ABBA Festival, which we have in May, so uh, um, I don't know whether we're living in the past, but we seem to be getting a... <laughs> A lot of uh, 70s and 80s festivals, which is not a bad thing. I'm Courtney Carthy and welcome to Rewired, an insight into new large-scale solar farms around Australia. And yes, we're in Parks, workplace of the CSIRO radio telescope, fondly known as the DISH, holiday destination of the King and home to a new large-scale solar farm. The Australian Renewable Energy Agency, also known as ARENA, on behalf of the Australian Government, announced around $90 million in funding for 12 large-scale solar projects following a competitive funding round. And after years of planning, construction is getting underway in regional and rural Australian towns. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the podcast on your favourite podcast app and do leave us a review. We'd love to hear what you think about the show. This isn't our first, so check out our previous episodes available in the podcast feed or at arena.gov.au. Cafe latte. Large cap, double shot, two sugars. There's nowhere else at this time of morning. This is where all good meetings are held. It's 6.45am and I've made it to a cold granite table 
in the Parks McDonald's restaurant. Feels like I'm up to catch an exceptionally early flight as I drove through the deserted dark streets to the bright lights. I'm meeting Jeff Rice, president of the local Chamber of Commerce. He's a livestock trader and he's about to head south to Forbes, 30 or so kilometres away. Our sale will probably go for about 15, 20 minutes. It takes, oh. longer, to, it takes longer to set it up than does the sort of... Uh, what are you else? selling? Sheep. Sheep. Sheep and lambs today. He'll meet the other guys there, but for now we're talking about solar farms. More specifically, the new large-scale solar farm under construction on the western boundary and what it'll mean for parks. The majority of your jobs are coming through, whether it, um, whether it be accommodation, whether it be meals... Uh, and just uh, sourcing of, um, uh, of materials and, and not your major materials, but just your smaller materials and things like that. Mm. Yeah. Fencing and that yeah, sort of thing. That's it. And that's the use of uh, the use of, of locals is, is probably more in that field in regards to the peripherals, whether like you say, you're fencing your roads and all of that sort of um, and all of that sort of stuff that goes with a project like this. I suppose Chris at the courthouse would be happy because the motel yeah, would be a bit cool. That's it. Nah, spot on. Chris knows Jeff and Jeff's brother Richard from school days. And as another business owner in parks, he can see where the benefits are from the new solar farm. What it does tend to do in a, in a, um, in a static sort of a regional town like this where, where there's infrastructure in place that, that doesn't necessarily expand because of, uh, of, of new... Um, enterprise coming to town, what it does is it gives a flow-on effect. The, these guys that are coming to town, albeit for uh, a, a nine-week or a six-month project, um, they'll need to stay somewhere, they'll need to eat somewhere, and they'll need to purchase things while, while they're here. And uh, while ever they're, from our point of view, while ever they're taking bed spaces, whether they're staying with us or somebody else, um, the spillage or the remainder of the holiday guests or the, or the visitors to the town need to stay, stay somewhere. So uh, it actually, it, it certainly does, a, does give a positive effect. In this case, the new solar farm has over 200,000 panels, able to power almost 20,000 average homes when complete. Its 50 megawatt output will be enough to look after the town's domestic needs. While the solar farm's lifespan is around 30 years, it's not the only project on Jeff Rice's mind. It's the same with with the other projects, whether it be uh, the new water treatment works or, or, or sewerage works. Chris Martin from the motel again. We've had a brand new police station built. Um, we've had a $70 million plus hospital built in the area. Uh, we've had over $70 million just recently spent on our sewer and water upgrade programs. Um, there's talk of a, uh, of a new fire station coming for the guys and obviously this solar farm. So uh, on the back of all these projects, I think Parks is well set up for the, for the, uh, for the future. For this project, Arena contributed nearly $7 million. That helped activate a total of $114 million of investment to build it. Like Griffith Solar Farm, a few hours south, featured in the previous episode, the developer is Neowen. They're also working on two more further north from Parks, one in Narromine and the other just out of Dubbo. The projects being supported by Arena are demonstrating to other potential renewable energy developers and financiers that building large-scale solar farms and selling the electricity they generate makes commercial sense. As we stand now, a second large-scale solar farm for parks is already in the works. 
If approved, it'll be constructed adjacent to the one I've finally found and I'm just arriving at now. Sorry, I'll follow you? Yeah. Great. Uh, just need to sign in. Construction manager Benoit Asak has asked me to sign in before driving onto the site. Unlike the solar farm in Griffith, construction here is well underway. Oh, green grass, a handful of cars, and a lot of poles about a metre high sticking out of the ground. Benoit and most of the others on site today work for the construction company hired by Neowen, the solar farm developer. G'day, Courtney. Courtney, how are you? I'm Damo. Nice to meet you, mate. You are too. You open? Uh, yeah. Are oh, you already open? Yes. Oh. Damo's job is safety. Safety is the most common word I hear on sites, second only to hello. And before we can go out, I'm decked out in PPE, personal protective equipment. Your size? Oh, um, shoes? Yes. Uh, nine? Nine. Benoit, through his thick French accent and the sound of the ute, says the ratio of sun in Australia is incredible, better than nearly anywhere else in the world. And it is incredible. Not only that Australia has a higher rate of solar energy per land unit area than any other continent in the world, but according to 2009 data from the Australian Bureau of Statistics and the Australian Bureau of Agricultural and Resource Economics and Sciences, around 10,000 times more energy from the sun lands on the country than was used by a population. It was estimated then by the National Solar Energy Centre at the CSIRO that a solar farm 50 kilometres wide and 50 kilometres long would be enough to cover our electricity needs. For more information on these statistics, search for Australian Renewable Energy Assessment on ARENA's website, arena.gov.au. Keeping the sun shining isn't something Benoit has to worry about here. He's firmly focused on the construction work going smoothly. He says the most important factor isn't the roads or the equipment, it's engaging with the local community to foster a positive relationship and understanding of how the project will impact the town and affect the surrounding environment. In construction, the most important is that uh, the community. If the community is happy, your project will go well. Sure. Uh, my name is Darren Gladman. Um, we're in the office of the Clean Energy Council at the moment. And I am the director for Smart Energy with Clean Energy Council. Darren says this attitude towards the community is absolutely on point. Yeah, that stuff's really important. And having the visible support for the local community so that they see that there's something in this for them, yeah. you know, um, and that there's ongoing jobs as well as construction jobs. So far, so good. Um, you know, there have been a number of large solar developments and we haven't experienced major issues with uh, community opposition shutting things down but you know we can't take that for granted and particularly now that there are so many proposals for new solar farms it's um, all the more important to make sure that the industry understands its obligations and 
goes beyond its minimum obligations and, and you know, looks after the local community as best it can. Hi Courtney, Hello, nice to meet good you. morning, good How day. are you? Hello, I'm Anne Davison and I'm the site clerk for Parks Solar Farm. On a typical day, I would ensure that everybody signs in and signs out of the site office, all visitors, any contractors, even Great Construction Australia staff, um, and it's mainly the running of the office, any deliveries, orders, purchase requisitions and things like that that I look after. So I, I'm looking after the office and make sure that everybody and everything runs smoothly this side. Anne moved to Sydney from the north of England about three years ago and has since moved up to Parks. Um, I moved here with my family, so we live just 10 minutes away, so it's nice. Right. It's a lovely town. It's a beautiful drive to work. I know. know, and I can't complain. It's lovely out here in the field. You see lots of parrots with kangaroos. You know, it's a, a nice change. Part of Anne's job is finding services locally that the solar farm needs to get built. Well, economically, it can only be a positive um, impact. And that's helped by the range of services needed. It's not just fencing, steel beams and solar panels. We're, we're giving jobs to local people. You know, um, we've got a lot of guys on site who are um, from the area and everything and they're pleased that we're here today. This morning I just went to Parks Courier Services and they were they were really positive about the um, Park Solar Farm being out here and the impact that it's having on the town. So as well as my opinion and the feedback that I've been given from the residents, it's, it's all a good move. On the other side of the office, less than 10 metres away, as if by some happy coincidence, Steve McGill is waiting for a chat. Owner of the local earth moving company that bears his name. I've been here all my life, born and bred here. Yeah, kicked off our earth moving business 12 years ago and yes, went from there. He says that even in the early stages, local employment has picked up thanks to the solar farm. Yeah, there's a few getting involved now once it's uh, just slowly kicking off. So. Yeah, there'll be more and more local people getting involved. When you talk to like people, say socially, what do they say when you when you say you're working on the solar farm? Oh, they're pretty interested in a, uh, another project coming to town and kicking off, which is good for the area and good for the town. They've obviously done their homework in the area to to um, make sure this is the right place to do it. Chris from the Court Street Hotel echoes the sentiment. We live in a region where we get hundreds of days of year of, of bright sunshine. Um, the, the uh, uh, topography sort of lends itself to uh, open flat spaces of which the sunshine uh, you know, can be taken advantage of. So me personally, I, I think it's a great thing for the town, I think, uh, or, or for the area. Anything that can uh, generate electricity supply uh, through means that aren't uh, uh, coal burning, um, it's got to be a positive. Uh, I think we've got to take advantage of the wind and the, uh, the natural elements, uh, including the, the sunshine, to uh, develop energy for our, uh, for our communities going forward. Yeah, I can only see it as a good thing. Back to Jeff at McDonald's in the early hours of that morning. Like everyone's happy, happy that it's here. And as I say, I think everyone, and it's that feel good thing, um, everyone feels, that, as I said earlier, that, that that they want to believe and they want to be a part of renewable energy and what have you and if, and if we, can, we can supply the paddock to put it in we feel like we've done something. <laughs> you don't need to do anything more. No, yeah, that's I've, it. I've done my bit. I've green power, I'm in. Well, thank you very much.
much for coming to Parks. <laughs> From the three large-scale solar projects we've visited so far, Kidston in Queensland, Griffith and now Parks in New South Wales, the stats are growing rapidly for the energy they'll produce when completed. These three will generate around 130 megawatts of power into the national grid, enough for nearly 50,000 homes. That's three of 12 that ARENA have funded in this competitive funding round. And there are only 12 in the others that exist around Australia already. Next episode, we're going further northwest, about two hours out of Dubbo, if you were driving across to Broken Hill. We're going to a town called Ningen, where 1.3 million panels are all currently generating electricity for the grid from the sun. The Ningen and Broken Hill large-scale solar farms were supported by Arena in a previous funding round, and Ningen, in particular, is huge. It was, at that time, it was the biggest in the Southern Hemisphere, I think that yeah. it was known for. So a lot of people wanted to have a look at it, see what it was about. If you haven't already, do subscribe. If you have a friend or family member interested in renewable energy, please let them know about Rewired. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts or at arena.gov.au. Arena, along with the Clean Energy Finance Corporation, are supporting renewable energy projects across the country. If you'd like to find out more, please visit arena.gov.au. We're halfway through this tour of Australia's new large-scale solar projects. After Ningen, we'll visit Dubbo before going on to Emu Downs, right across the other side of the country, two hours north of Perth. I'm Courtney Carthy. Thanks again for listening to Rewired.